Hi, this is Robin McCauley. You are tuned in and listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to yet another edition of Focus on Metal. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, last week's episode as Richie spent time with the one, the only, the legendary Bobby Blitz Ellsworth of Overkill. I'm sure that the uh, tone in Richie's voice on the interview definitely carried the uh, the fun he was having there. And yes, he did indeed send me a snapshot of uh, him with Bobby, with Bobby flipping me the bird. So this week we bring you another singer. This time, though, it's a returning guest talking about Robin McCauley. We had Robin back on uh, episode 261. That aired back in November of 2015. And as many of you know, Robin has continued to stay busy in the music industry He's been uh, appearing with Michael Shanker, doing those Shanker Fests with Gary Barden and Graham Bonnet. Just uh, just released a new DVD of that, and Robin will talk a little bit about that in the interview. And he's also doing the Raiding the Rock Vault again in their brand new home. And in the midst of all that, he also spent a little time to uh, put together this little band called Brigade and uh, made an appearance at the NAMM show. They were doing a tribute to Ronnie Montrose. And of course, you've got Howard Lee in that band, as well as our buddy James Kotak. So with all that going on, Richie thought that it might be a good time to uh, give Robin a call and uh, just have a little catch-up time with the guy, find out what's going on and what we can expect from... Uh, from Robin and from Shanker and all that good stuff. So this week, we're bringing you yet another talk with Robin McCauley. And yeah, in true disclosure, it's also the fact that it gave Richie a chance to talk to another Irish guy. And uh, any chance he can do that, he's going to take it. But before we dive into that talk with Robin, why don't we do Track of the Week? Track of the Week this week comes to us courtesy of our friends at AFM Records. Kind of fired up about this one. The band I'm talking about is called Helker, and we have had them on the show before. At least we had Diego Valdez, the vocalist from Helker, on the show back when they released their first album, Somewhere in the Circle. And yeah, that was back in 2013. I just... uh kind of blows my mind that it has actually been that long since the uh, the last Helker release, but they are back once again with a brand new one. It is called Fire Soul, and once again, it is produced by Matt Sinner of Primal Fear and Sinner. He's the guy who produced Somewhere in the Circle as well, and this one is mixed and mastered by the one, the only, Akeem Kohler, who's done a lot of work, Amon Amoth, Sodom, Primal Fear, Brainstorm, just one of those guys that uh, you can't lose when this guy mixes and masters your album. So as I said, Helker is back once again to uh, release their version of Straightforward pure power metal they are doing this in true south american style and uh since we've talking about that we will uh, note that they are also going to release a spanish version of fire soul ama de fuego which will also be available on uh, may 5th when this one drops but uh, that will only be available in digital format of course the other version of it will be available as usual in uh in cd and digital and all that good stuff and uh, if you get the right version, you also will get some pretty cool bonus tracks as well. 
So, uh, you know, hey, we're talking about 12 tracks on the regular album, as well as a couple of bonus tracks. Good stuff. And as I said, great South American heavy metal coming to us direct from Argentina. So for track of the week this week, I am actually going to play the single that they have out for the album. It's called Fight, and if you're interested, you can also check out the vid for this up on YouTube. And if I ever remember when I do the show notes, I will probably actually put a link right up on focusonmetal.blogspot.com so you can get it directly there as well. But uh, here it is from the new one from Helker called Fire Soul. This one is Fight. go track of the week from helker again great album and uh be sure to pick that one up as i mentioned it drops on uh, friday may 5th definitely a lot of good albums coming out that day including the latest one from Wolfpack called wolves rain and i know that the week after that uh, warrant is actually releasing their uh, faster louder harder release but uh, also in case you missed it except also put out a couple of brand new uh platinum edition releases of some of their earlier stuff they put out uh the platinum editions of except i'm a rebel breaker and restless and wild those came out on april 14th so in case you missed those ones they actually sound like they are pretty cool got some extra content on there some photos liner notes by udo even a couple of us uh, bonus tracks performed by dirk schneider so uh, there you go uh, just like i said Little uh, little heads up on some album releases that are uh, coming up, and then uh, four that uh, you might have passed you by because they didn't they didn't get really publicized very well. And uh, while I'm at it, I want to give you another little heads up that on Pledge Music right now, the band Burning Witches has got their uh, campaign going for their brand new album. 
good stuff. Sounds like it's going to be some good music on that. So you might want to check that out over on Pledge Music and do a search for Burning Witches. So with all of that said, what do you say we dive into our the chat that we had with Robin McCauley just a few short weeks ago? Hello? Hello, is that Robin? Yes, hello, who's this? Uh, Richie from Focus on Metal. Oh, yes, how are you, man? I'm good, and you? I am doing pretty good. Where are you? Uh, just outside of Boston. Outside of Boston, you're a long way from me, dude. <laughs> oh, I know you're in you're in Vegas now, aren't you? Actually, I'm in California. I'm home for a couple of days because we're dark. Uh, we are dark on Thursdays, Fridays, so oh, nice. Get a chance to come home and see the see the fam. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, show's going great. It's, uh, first two weeks in, and uh, it's been sold out almost every night. It's a small venue, of course, but uh, everything is uh, looking really good. Yeah, I I believe you and the family had a, a nice trip home recently. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I, I hear the actions. Are you, are you actually born and raised, or are you Boston raised? Well, Edgar Evans, the guy that took you around Water for Crystal, is one of my best friends. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, he's awesome, dude. Yeah, so I had a little bit I of... I mean, a- it, was such a, it was such a surprise, because we weren't expecting it, one. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, two days before St. Patrick's Day, uh, we got those amazing vases that they finished uh, at the factory and sent them to the boys. So, yeah. what a what a treat! It was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, I had a little pretty bit, awesome. I had a little bit of a hand in setting that up because I was going. With you did. Yeah. So you're the so you so you're the cause. Yeah, I'm the guy. Oh, dude, that's killer. <laughs> well, thank you very much, man. Nah, nah. I had heard about you, but now here you are. Yeah, no, there's no problem. Oh, that's awesome. No, I, 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 something like that, no problem at all. You know, because I knew you were over. Well, with we had such a we had such a great time. And, you know, all too short, of course. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, just a little, a little bit of trivia. It's actually the first time. You know, um, our mom passed away when I was 21. She, I was actually in London. She came to visit for a surprise uh, 21st birthday party for me, mm-hmm. and she passed away the same week that she was visiting and it's actually the first time um it's actually the first time that there's been a full family gathering with everybody in the same place at the same time oh wow so it was it was quite an event and you know how the irish are <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's either a wedding or a funeral yeah. or a boat <laughs> they, start, they started drinking early and, and finished late <laughs> Oh Lord, you know, you know, talking about the drinking. So one of my, you know, one of one of the boys, Jamie, he said, you know, Dad, when I have uh, when I have my first taste of alcohol, I'd like it to be at the Guinness Brewery. Oh, lovely! And I said, okay. I mean, you know, so first taste my ass. He has four pints of the stuff. <laughs> okay, four pints of the stuff, and I think for the for the following three days, he was going. I don't understand why I have diarrhea. Ah. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I can tell you why. And he goes, no, it's not the beer. I went, <laughs> yes, it oh, is. yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, since he's been back, there hasn't been a mention. <laughs> not one mention. Yeah. And I went, well, you know, if you're going to learn it, learn it right at the beginning, right? Yeah, well, he, he drank it in the right place, Robin. Um, it doesn't he taste the same. He certainly did. It doesn't taste the he same over here. did. Yeah. yeah, no, it isn't. And 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 he had a sip, and he goes, "Oh, awful stuff." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so how long have you been in Boston? Six years. 
Oh, yeah. Always in Boston, or uh, yeah. My wife is from the area, and I met her in Dublin. We got married, and then we had a son over there, and we moved over when he was nine months old. And now I've got a daughter over here. So the men, the two men oh, are Irish, and the two women are American. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's awesome. So, are you uh, where? Uh, where exactly are you, are you from? In Ireland, Waterford. Are you from Waterford? Yeah. You are. Yeah, awesome. my, my dad worked in Waterford Crystal for 32 years. He blew, He was a glass blower. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So everything you wow. were doing in there, I was I was brought in oh, as a yeah. kid and I broke a load of it. Yeah. And, yeah. Wow. You know, it's amazing because it's the first time that I've actually been, been to Waterford Crystal. Yeah. Never been. I've never been before. It was bloody cold. I can tell. You. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> it sure. Really, it was cold, dude. It yeah, was really cold. Look, but at, look at where you're living. Like it's probably about seventy or eighty degrees there now. Actually, here in LA today, um, it's about eighty degrees today. Yeah. And I just came in from Vegas at like three a.m. this morning, but it was uh, it was about the same. Okay. Really, really windy. It got it got very cold as we left. Actually, but. But you know, Vegas weather is like that. It gets gets really windy on some days, and and of course, it's so dry and it's horrible for singers. Awful. <laughs> it is the worst place. I don't know, really. You know, there's a reason that they call it Vegas Throat because there's so much pollen, and of course, it's the desert. So yeah, everything that grows there, everything that grows is just not indigenous to the area. It's brought in, you know, and it's it's uh, they yeah. force feed it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so but, I, but it's okay. Yeah, so I could be here all night talking about this, Robin. But I, I got you on. For I know, so. but you know, it's good to catch up, man. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I love talking to Irish people over here. You know, it doesn't happen very often. I know it's it's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So let's chew the fat. What can I tell you? Yeah. So, of course, reading the rock vault is back, and um, it's, it's going really well. Is it the same cast, same crew, different guitar players? It's same setup. Yes, it is. It is. And the guitar players, of course, will always be on rotation. Doug is with us right now. Howard um, Howard actually has a show with Paul Rogers Saturday, so he'll be out just for the Saturday. And uh, Tracy Guns, who's always on rotation, Tracy's actually in the UK right now. And sometimes Rowan Robertson uh, also rotates, and he's in the UK right now also. So... Mm-hmm. It's uh, really down to Doug and Howard. Howard doesn't have a great deal of Paul Rogers uh, and or Bad Company shows this year, so we'll see Howard for most of the time. Um, I have uh, I have the Headbangers Festival that we co-headline with MSG in, in Germany in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that... Um, you know, we're doing the thing with the three singers right now with Schenker. Yeah, I want to talk so a little bit about that. Yeah, so Gary and Graham will not be doing Madrid with me. Uh, I, I, will, I will do Madrid alone. And uh, there's some talk, although not confirmed, that we may headline the Loudness Festival in Japan. Now, I do know that uh, tomorrow, the 24th, the, uh, the live DVD that we shot in uh, live in Tokyo... Yeah, uh, with all three singers in uh, in August, actually it officially released tomorrow, and the reviews have been amazing. Yeah, the camera work is awesome. It looks looks and sounds great. Tokyo. 
that's coming out tomorrow. And two days ago or so, Michael just released officially um, shows for the UK, but that's not till not till November. So far, there's uh, three in Spain, one in the Netherlands, um, four in England, and people are already complaining that they haven't seen Scotland on the list yet. So, <laughs> and I'm going, well, I'm complaining because I don't see Ireland on there either. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. I haven't actually, we only actually, in my time with Michael, the only time we ever actually played Ireland was we did, uh, we did like 10 warm-ups pre-Monsters of Rock Festival. And that would have been, shit, 85. Wow. And, uh, and, and we never, well, I had never been back to Ireland with MSG. And I don't think MSG had been back, actually. Not even, not, not even up to the north, which sometimes is what they do to go up to Belfast or something. But, I don't think he's ever ventured back there. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Maybe they think that they only have to go as far as the UK. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe. I think I think a lot of it in Ireland, Robin, is um, I think the insurance costs and all that are a lot higher. And if if you want to get over there for one show, like it, you got to go over the Irish Sea. It's probably a lot of logistical issues there. You know. Oh, is that what? It, oh, I was not aware of that. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think it's costs huh. a lot more just to do one show there because if you're in England. You know, a lot of places are a lot closer. and but, Right. Yeah. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that, as far as I know, that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons that a lot of bands don't play in Ireland. That they'll play in uh, all over the UK and all over Europe. Right. Well, I know London is the first stop, and I think Sheffield, Manchester, yeah. Hull. And there's complaints already, but nothing has happened. <laughs> but but we'll 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 see. We'll see. You know, things change, right? Yeah. And it's it's a it's a few months down the road, so yeah. no, I'm no. sure things will change. Yeah. Now Michael had done a couple of albums with Doogie White. Did you ever think you'd actually work with Michael again? Like, was all this thing a complete surprise to you? Um, the singer thing was 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 I don't want to say it was a surprise. Um. I know I jumped at it, but, but just to backtrack, um, for several years, Michael and I have, we've always been in touch and, and, uh, I'm sure you're aware of the NAM show that goes on every January here in, in, uh, in Anaheim. And it's just a big music convention. And for a number of years, Michael actually played the NAM show. And whenever he would do that, he would call me and I would usually do the NAM show with him. And then in 2012, um, plus the fact uh, throughout all of his uh, different CDs that he recorded, I, I, he would also send me a track. So I would always have a track on there. And then he did Temple of Rock with, with Doogie. And, uh, and um, in 2012, he took a break from that to do six weeks uh, North America. We also went into into Canada, and that was with uh, Wayne Finley again, and uh, Elliot Rubinson, of course. Poor Elliot, my dear friend from who owns Dean Guitars, who since passed away, mm. which is just devastating to us. And Pete Holmes was on drums, and so we did six weeks. And in that six weeks, of course, there was all of the uh, speculation that you know that the a new MSG or a new Macaulay Shanker or whatever it was. And Michael and I kind of laugh at that stuff because there's always been speculation. So at the end of that, he went on to do more of um, 
the Temple of Rock, and this time he changed up the, the lineup. He brought in Francis uh, and Herman from Scorpions mm. for his rhythm section. And then they did, they did quite a bit, and I know there's a live DVD of that out as well. There's some talk that they may do more Temple of Rock because I, I think it's an ongoing thing with Michael. So um, last, um, last year, I think as far back as uh, March, maybe, maybe a year ago this month, I get a call from Michael's lawyers in Germany, and they mentioned that Gary and, and uh, Graham and myself was an idea that Michael wanted to, to basically toy with. And Sweden Rock came up in June, and he asked me if I'd be interested, and I went, oh, my God, this, you know, it may never happen again. And, I, you know, I'd been singing their songs for all of the years, yeah. you know. And so I thought, what a trip to actually get out there, all three singers together, and it's definitely unique. The, uh, the promoters loved the idea. So we did Sweden Rock, and that was a big success uh, in terms of the promoters really seeing what the potential was, and then... We we had a week in Japan and was completely sold out. So Michael thought we 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 should shoot a video. So we shot the video in Tokyo, and that official release of that comes out tomorrow. Um, both DVD and and live CD on on that. And he said, I really want to do more of this. This is, this is great. He talked to me at great length. And he said, it's amazing how, how things have just, people just want to see it. Because now they have the full gamut. And albeit that while Diggy was there and, and, and David Van Landen and other singers, the, the main core has always been Gary Graham and myself. And there really are three very distinct phases mm. of, of, of either Michael Shanker group or Macaulay Shanker. And um, so now this way, they get a chance to see the whole catalog. And interestingly enough, 
Graham Bonnet actually never toured with Michael in 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 so far as <laughs> a tour that he actually finished yeah. because <laughs> when he did assault when he did assault attack of course that lasted what two three shows or something and that was the end of that little story yeah, I think it was a reading and think uh, the we laughed I think it was the reading yes, reading reading it was right yeah be, yeah he never made it to reading actually all right you know Sheffield actually was was uh, was a uh, parted ways <laughs> uh, because he he he. Uh, he reinstated Gary Barden for that, and the reason I know so much about that is because I was, we were there with, uh, I was there with Grand Prix, and uh, we were all shocked because Gary was announced to come out, and it was at that same Reading Festival actually that um, Paul Liano was replaced in Iron Maiden with Bruce Dickinson, and Bruce was a very good friend of ours because Bruce was right in the studio in the rehearsal room next door to Grand Prix uh, when he was singing with uh, Samson. Mm. Yeah. So I remember Bruce coming into the studio the next day and he said, I can't believe it, Harry just offered me the gig and I, I, I don't know what to do. And I don't know what do you mean you don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, of course, Grand Prix, we actually were the opening act for the Peace of Mind tour in England. Oh, nice. So that whole thing tied in. So we were out there for Bruce's... Uh, his debut with with um, with Maiden, and of course, you know the rest, as they say, is definitely yeah. a very large piece of of, of rock and roll history. Yeah. <laughs> because you know they never look back, and and, and rightly so. Just yeah. amazing stuff. Now, did you know? So, um, uh, one. Yeah, did you know Gary and Graham at all before you did this tour? Was oh, of them? course I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we always crossed paths. And then Michael would come through Hollywood or wherever, and I'd, I'd, I'd come down to the show, and I'd usually end up, you know, singing a UFO song or something with the band. And Gary, Gary would always be the singer at that point. Not, never Graham, of course, because Graham was never there. But I would see Graham. I did a lot of different tribute stuff in Hollywood for Graham would actually be performing it. So I'd meet Graham. And Graham actually came out to the Rock Vault a few times. Okay. So, I, yeah, of course, I'd, 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 I'd known them for long time yeah you know we had the same haunts of course in in london when i used to live in london you know we used to hang at the marquee and all that sort of stuff so yeah we were very familiar with each other and of course michael of course in in the grand prix days michael shared the same record label michael was also on chrysalis the same as grand prix was so mm -hmm. we were like uh we were like label buddies if you will yeah and i was offered to join Michael, like they came out to a Grand Prix show. We were actually doing a warm up in London, uh, pre a Nils Lofgren tour. <laughs> <laughs> and and Michael came out to the show with with uh, um, Cozy Powell, God rest his soul. Mm. He came out with Cozy, uh, Andy and I was on keyboards at the time, and Chris Glenn on bass. Yeah. And they came out to the show. Um, and the very next day, I had a call from Cozy's uh, press people to come down to the studio and rehearse with the band and meet the band and all that sort of stuff. And I went, I, I can't do that because I'm actually leaving to to tour with Grand Prix. And I got so much bad press out of Kerrang because they said, who the hell is this trumped up Irish singer think he is refusing refusing to join Michael Schenker? <laughs> <laughs> 
And I went, I think it's more than my life was worth because, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was a scared little Irish guy and thinking, I'll die if I join the band. They're all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was almost four years, it was four years later that um, I was, Grand Prix was done. I was actually recording in, uh, in Frankfurt and had released, uh, Fall Corporation's uh, version of Stairway to Heaven. And Rudolf Schenker heard it on the radio. I mean, it was all over the radio all the time. And Rudolf said, you need to get hold of this guy. And they checked it out. And Michael goes, oh, I know who that is. He goes, let's see if we can get him in. And, and again, I really didn't want to team up with Michael. But they were, they were as belligerent as I was, I guess. And uh, I went into Hanover, sat with Michael and Rudolph in Rudolph's studio, Packed out a bunch of old MSG tunes, wrote a couple of new tunes, and a few days later I got a call from Michael, and he said Rudolph and the management company and himself would really like me to consider, you know, being a partner. And I went, well, I don't know what that means exactly, but whatever. So I accepted, and then he called me again, and he said, I have a great idea. I want to change the name of the band, and I, I remember very, very clearly, uh, and I've answered this question a, a million times, and I said, you can't change the name of the band because, you know, it's established, and you don't, you don't, you don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot, and he goes, no, no, I'm not going to change the name of the band, I'm going to keep the logo, and I always loved the MSG logo, it's a great mm -hmm. logo, mm -hmm. and um, he said, no, I have no intention of changing the logo because I know you like it. He said, but the M will become Macaulay and the S will stay Shanker and, and there you have it. It's way too complicated. <laughs> it's the name has been, no, really, it's yeah. true. I said, the name is too long. It'll cause confusion. People won't know where to find a damn record. And for the most part, that was, that was a dagger in our side all the way along. It was like, shit, this is a hard thing to, to put into the right bin. Yeah. People would go into a UFO bin, a Scorpions bin, an MST <laughs> bin, a Michael Schenker group bin, a Macaulay Schenker group bin, and they were going, wow, I hope there's one in each bin so that they can find it eventually, you know. Yeah. Um, but the good news was that, you know, we, uh, we broke an MTV, which was the first time that MST had actually broken into, into the States in terms of... Uh, uh, actual airtime on TV, especially with MTV and VH1, you know, and uh, and so we started rolling in that direction. And of course, you know, there was a lot of criticism. It's like it's a different MSG. Well, of course, it's different. And Michael's answer at the time used to be, if you put any two elements together, the result is going to be different. So, you know, yeah. that's just how it is. And 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 in the eighties, as you well know. There was so much pressure of, you know, we need the hit, we need the ballad, we need the hit, we need the ballad, we need all that old bullshit stuff. Yeah. Thankfully. They still need it today, except not from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Robin, so I, did, I, I did want to talk yeah. to you about, um, you do realize that the Perfect Timing album is 30 years old in October. Oh, no, I did not. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I did want to get into that a little bit in depth about it. Of um, course. I can't 
Michael easy to write with when you started writing with him because you hear a lot of these stories that you know a lot of the stuff you write in the beginning is a load of crap and it takes a lot of time to get the songs together did it happen pretty quickly um I can answer that because it's clear as day um basically after uh after we decided that you know we were we were going to be an entity um I went into Hanover and um Michael's plan was uh, it, it, we had a, we had a small rehearsal room, uh, we had a four track TAC recorder, and he had a bunch of ideas, and he said, "I'd like us to really lock down and try as much as we can get the semblance of one whole song per day." And I went, "Wow, that's a pretty that's a pretty that's a that's a pretty tall order." But we would start, and there was absolutely no preconceived ideas of it has to be like this, it has to be that kind of a format, it has to sound like this. There was none of that. It was like he had a bunch of ideas. We would sit for hours. I mean, we did, we did, we tried to structure it like a regular eight hour day work. That was our plan. Mm -hmm. And we were really good at it. And, and I'm very disciplined, and God knows Michael is extremely disciplined. So that part was easy. So we'd go in, and we'd, we'd structure an eight-hour day. We would take a break like, like any normal person, and, and uh, we'd come out of there at the end of the day with a pretty decent idea of melody, lyrics, uh, and music. And then we'd, we'd leave it. We'd get on to the next one, and so on, so on, so. So before we knew it, we had accumulated in the first two weeks quite a number of tunes. We went to uh, Rudolph, and Rudolph would sit through them. He goes, "I like this. I like this. I like this. Now let's maybe take a little piece of this one and put it with that." So we started to format and and come up with whole song ideas. Rudolph would come to me and say. Think about this melody here. Think about that lyric there. Change it, make that work. Blah blah blah. And before you knew it, we had a handful of completed songs that we demoed in Rudolph's studio with Rudy, uh, Rudy uh, engineering. Okay. And as a result of, of of those ideas, 
uh, they the management started to shop, and EMI took the bike almost immediately. And before we knew it, we were sitting on what would become the makings of perfect timing. Yeah. Now, and it was great. And then we needed to put a band together, of course, because it was just Michael and myself. Yeah. Now, Andy Johns is a producer. He's a larger, right. he's, he was known as being a larger than life character that liked, you know, he liked to drink, <laughs> right? And you, Did you, you ever meet him? No. Now, you, now you, have yeah. Mo, you have Michael, who has a reputation. Right. Of, you know, he's been on and off the wagon as well. And you have these uh, know, two guys. Together. I know where you're going with. I know where you're going with. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, like, yes. I, I, were you in the middle of all this thinking, oh, my God, yes. what the hell's going on? Well, that was one of the reasons that four years prior to that, I decided that MSG was not going to be the band for me. <laughs> you know, and it's and, 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 no, true. And as much the Irish people have reputations for liking a good drink. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't combine the two. It's just not my nature. But anyway... You know, I'm no saint, but that just doesn't work for me Yeah. in that kind of an environment. Um, so you have, you know, Michael and I sat to discuss uh, producers, first of all, which is why how Andy came up was we really liked, um, we really liked his production on Cinderella's album. Night songs. And right. Yes. Yeah. And, and and we loved the drum sound and we loved the guitar sound and all the rest of the stuff. And of course, Tom Keepers is a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so we liked Andy and management company got a hold of Andy. Andy came into Germany to meet us. And one of the first things Andy came up with at dinner was, <laughs> you know, was Michael's drinking issue, okay? And Michael was pretty keep, keeping it pretty low-key yeah. at this point, which was one of the re- reasons that Rudolph was working with him because, you know, he... he you thought, okay, we can we can actually get some work done. So everything was honky dory, and then we started uh, pre-production. And I always remember one day uh, it just it just got to a it hit a crescendo, as you will. And Andy goes, "I used to use to drink then," <laughs> <laughs> and so out out it came. And so they just started one to you, one to me, and I was like. Now this is really fucked. <laughs> it's, completely, it's completely fucked right now. And we got over that and we got into, we got into arrangements and we got into uh, finalizing what would eventually be the, the, the clump of songs that would go on perfect timing. We didn't have a, we didn't have an album title. Yeah. I, I came over that much. And, and Andy then decided that we should, uh, we should record at Puck Studios in Denmark. So we're in Hanover, right? Oh. And it is, it is, it's, it's, it's like we, we could have been in Iceland because it was freezing. So we set out and we drove to Denmark. And, and uh, it would take me too long <laughs> to tell all the stories about that drive and all the, all the truck stops. Assumption. <laughs> 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 and, and, and we almost didn't actually, because when we got to the studio, Andy was big on, on my hero, Lou Graham. I'm a huge Lou Graham fan. Oh, yeah. And um, um, Lou had released uh, Midnight Blue. Mm. And Andy had it on cassette. And he would play this thing. I mean, he would, he would play it nonstop. So we reached Fox Studios, and I, I think I remember, about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And Andy was like, 
he was ready to go. So straight into the studio, into the room that we were going into. George Michael's God Rest His Soul was actually in the A studio right next door recording the Faith album. Oh. And Andy Knight played keyboards on that. My, one of Michael's you know, former keyboard players. So it's like, it was almost incestuous. <laughs> no pun intended. And, <laughs> and um, we never did see George. We never did actually see Andy. But... So Andy goes in and he sticks the cassette in and he blew all the tweeters in the studio. So we were down for three days. We couldn't even start. Just blew the crap out of the speakers in the studio. <laughs> now uh, <laughs> on I've, the first night on the on the first night. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've I heard I think I remember reading an interview years ago with I think Judas Priest did ram it down in Puck Studios and they said it was in the middle of nowhere. It is dude, it's like drop a pin in a field in the middle of nowhere, and that's where it is. <laughs> that's where it is. I mean, randomly drop a pin and go, I don't know where this is going to land, and so it lands, and you're going, where the fuck is this place? <laughs> and I mean, it is, it is like, you just go, I don't see anything, and so you have to physically drive out to get there. It's like, literally, no man's land. Wow. You, you, there's nothing out there, there's nothing anywhere around it. So you're isolated completely. So if you want something nice and quiet, <laughs> that's the so, place to go. <laughs> so you're do, you're down for three days, and I'm thinking, okay. We were down for three days, and the, there drink, was a, the, the there drink's got to come out now. If you're down for three, let days. me tell you, there was there was a considerable amount of consumption. Yes, <laughs> yes. and and uh, we eventually got started, and of course he. Which was very typical of Andy, you know, with drummers. He wanted to replace the drummer, and then he wanted to start making all these other changes that were, they were not on the cards before. So it it took a little bit of settling down before we got uh, the machinery to 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 function, if you will. Yeah, I'm being nice now. I'm being very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but we but we did, and we got the tracks done. Basically, we we tracked. That's what we did. We did all the tracks, and and he decided that he wanted to get back home to L.A. and and uh, and finish finish the record in L.A. Yeah, and uh, and and that's basically and that's basically what we did. Yeah, and at this stage, you didn't have Mitch Perry in the band, is that right? No, we did not. Uh, Steve decided. Steve Mann decided that uh, he did not want to turn out onto the road, and while we were. Uh, completing tracks, all the overdubs, etc., vocals, guitar overdubs in L.A., um, we met uh, uh, Mitch Perry, and uh, Wasted was in town.
so wasted with Pete Way and the boys. We're staying in the same uh, um, apartment complex as we were. Mm. And Mitch was in and out, and uh, Mitch and Michael got talking. Michael came to me and he goes, oh my God, there's this incredible guitar player. I think I think we found somebody that they can tour with us, etc. So Mitch actually did, then played a portion of the solo on the first single of Perfect Timing, which was Give Me Your Love. Yeah. And then he came out and did the Rush tour with us. Oh, wow. You toured a Rush yeah. on the Hold Your Fire tour? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, we did. That must have been amazing. It was, it was uh, yeah, it, a, little, uh, a little mismatch, if you will, because, you know, uh, a bunch of college students, you know, and we would hit the stage and we were going, whoops, <laughs> I was a little different, boys. Yeah. So, but it, it was it was amazing. It, it was it was really amazing uh, seeing you know watching Neil Peart every night. Just is just you know I'm big on drummer, so he was just phenomenal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So we did we did that, and uh, we did a bunch of other shows here in the states, and then of course we uh, we hightailed it to Europe because Whitesnake were now big. Yeah. And and we did we did the English leg. We were supposed to do Germany, but I think David had a small uh, problem with his ex-wife and wasn't able to land, wasn't able to go to Germany. So we ended up doing the uh, the UK dates instead. Yeah, which was awesome. It was it was awesome. Was that the album you you also played shows with Def Leppard on? That's exactly right. Yes, yeah. we did. We did. Uh, we did like thirty six shows back to back with Leopard. Wow. That was. I was, I was, oh my God. They're, bi- they're, bi- they're good tours to get on if you're, if the, for your first album. Oh my God, and, 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 that's, and that's the secret. That's the secret because I always used to say to Michael, what you need is is the tour with mass exposure in the shortest period of time. Yeah. Best thing to do. Yeah. Because if it's dragged out playing clubs, I mean, there's, you know, you, you have to spend so much more money and so much more time for what, most likely will not be the result that you want. But when you get on a tour at that level with Whitesnake and Rush and, 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 and Leopard, who were in their prime, God knows, um, you have a mass audience, a mass live audience, night after night. So you're going straight to the core, you know? Yeah. And it, it, was, it, was, it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect timing. Yeah. Do, do, yeah. You, do you have a favorite track on that album, Perfect Timing album? Is there any one that sticks out? Oh, I, you I, know, um, I have a complaint, really, um, because, you know, I loved, God bless Andy, but but um, I think we suffered a little bit with the production. A lot of people think it's their, their, their favorite record. Um, it, lacked, it lacked the bite of the guitars. You know, a lot of people complained it was too commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think I remember that I used to I used to love Follow the Night. It was just it was just that odd timing on it. I used to like that a lot. Yeah. I think deep deep down I think that was one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. I I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't wanna lose was an oddball of a track and we weren't even sure why it made it there, but, but again, something that perhaps shouldn't have been on there but it was, you know. Yeah. And I remember Rudolph and I worked very closely on that one. So it kind of had a, had a, it always stuck with me. Yeah. And of course the singles were fun to do and all that sort of stuff. You know? I, I loved, I loved Give Me Your Love and Love Is Not A Game. I think they're really well written commercial 
it was it was great. I wrote those with with with, with the bass player actually with Rocky Newton, hmm. um, who actually Lionheart's going out to do some shows in Japan, uh, and Rocky was from Lionheart with 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 Steve Mann, and um, you know the A and R department came and said, you know, we don't we don't really hear the single. So Rocky and I had been toying with some ideas, and there was a riff hanging around and we were in rehearsals in, in Hanover and they went, let's take a break. We go to lunch. And I went, nah, I'm going to work on this. So when they came back, um, I started to run down the melody and the lyric and they're going, wow, really? That like took like less than an hour. <laughs> well, maybe those are the kind of songs that work when you don't have to think too much about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so give me a love came together fairly fast, uh, in terms of just an idea and a melody. And Love Is Not A Game is a great song. It's just a great song. And it was fun shooting those videos. I we shot those videos. Go on. Yeah, I saw the Love Is Not A Game video. I had a look at it recently. You got the, the hot, all the people on the roller skates going around you. Yeah, and, and you know yeah. that really happened because because there was a couple of pro skaters. Yeah. And then there was the model skaters. And the model skaters got pretty... They got their asses whipped because, you know, the pro skaters were going, we should be the stars of this show. So they really roughed them up pretty bad. So all of that stuff you see coming in across Michael's cabinets and everything, that really happened. That was not staged. Wow. That was just, that was, that was the pros coming in and sticking the elbow in under the rib cage and going, you're going down and that's all that's to it. And the camera guys were right on it and they went, you, you couldn't, you couldn't create footage like this. It was, you know, so it stayed. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty rough. Yeah. Now, I can't let you go, Robin, without asking you about, you have a new band out, as far as I know, called Brigade, and you've got Howard. Oh, Brigade. And you got Howard. <laughs> I know Howard is in it, and a friend of ours, James Kotak, is is in it. Um, right. He, James right. is one of the nicest guys you've ever had on the show. Um, would, I have known James, I've known James, my God, probably since 88 or 89 when I first came to this country. Okay. And and James James actually and I had a little band together for a while. And of course James and Jeff Filson played on the last MSG studio album, the one with when I'm on and that stuff and Never Any Nightmare and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and we had been asked to uh do a Montrose a couple of Montrose songs at the NAM show, getting back to the NAM show this year and uh, I said yeah you let's do it let's do it. we had no idea what we were going to do and then Howard said I'll do it if you do it and Jason Boston uh, who also plays the rock fault was was played with Howard in bad, in, in bad company for a number of years a bass player mm-hmm. and then we approached James and James says absolutely would love to do this so what went from just one or two songs that went to a whole bunch of songs. And we went in and rehearsed it. And Howard says, I used to have a band when I lived in Seattle, when I was at Hart, I used to do a side project with Jason called Brigade. Let's just call it Brigade. And so we stuck, we hung on to the name and uh, we did the man show. And a couple of days later, I think Frontier Records was calling going, how many songs do you have? Can we make a record? Wow. <laughs> and, it just for, and it was just for fun. So, that may happen. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it may happen. So, uh, and it was just really was for fun, just to do the Montreal set, and people uh, went, "Wow, this is great. This this could be really good." Yeah. So, 
Um, it's still sitting there, and, uh, you know, Rock Vault is up in the meantime, takes up a lot of time, takes five nights a week, and I have my MSG stuff to do this year. So between it all, um, I hope we fit in a, a brigade record because it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it, mu it must be great as well, Robin, that you might have an opportunity now to write more original music. I know, I know writing the Rock Vault is great and the MSG stuff is great, but a lot of those songs are very old. No, and, and that's what it is. So this would be this would be absolutely refreshing, and 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 thing new to get our teeth into. And Howard and I were talking about it, and it's something that we feel we we want to do. So um, we just have to pick a little downtime and, and get it done. But you know, because we work in the rock hall together, we can always you know slam each other with some ideas that come up and, and see what materializes out of it. So nice. Nice. So it, it, it'll, it'll happen. Hopefully it'll happen. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So listen, I'll leave you go and enjoy the rest of your night. It's been a pleasure talking well, to you. Well, thank you. What time is it with you? It's like, what are you, two hours? Three. Yeah. We're three hours. Three hours. Yeah. Oh, it's so. time for a pint where you are then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always time for a pint. Always time for a pint. Yeah. Always time. Well, I'll text Edgar now and I'll tell him that I was talking to you. Yeah, tell. I, I think Edgar's coming over at the end of the year. I think he's going to no, Vegas. No, he did say, I think, October, I think he said. He's, he, he goes to Vegas every year or every two years anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he's been at the Rockfall show before. I don't think you were singing. Though. Yes, he was. He, yeah. he was, and I wasn't there. Yeah. And I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah so. yeah. so listen, Richard, you have to come out too. I know. I've been, Paul Shartino asked me. You've asked me. Um, we, Andrew yeah. Freeman, I think, asked me. <laughs> right, Andrew's out doing some he's some a, last in line yeah, right he, now. He's up actually. this. He's in this neck of the woods. I think he's in New York today. Yeah, he's, he's up here tomorrow. Yeah. I think. Is he? Yeah, he's up. He's playing yeah, a couple of gigs around yeah. here. Right, I'm also doing a show. I'm actually speaking of Blue Grand earlier. I'm actually doing uh, one night of uh, symphonic rock, April 28th at the uh, uh, up at Niagara Falls with Lou Grand, Mickey Thomas. And Terry Nunn with a full Philharmonic Orchestra. It's going to be awesome. Oh, nice. Nice. So I'm, do, I'm doing that and possibly some other shows. Nice. Too. I'll, I'll have to that, yeah, that came, that came in after, a couple of days after Rockfall uh, closed down at the Tropicana in July. I had a call and they asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. And I went, hey, that'd be fun. Hmm. So um, that's coming up at the end of April. So Nice. We'll yeah. see where that goes. Yeah. I'll have to <laughs> Gotta stay off the streets, you know. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to keep in touch, Rob, and see where you're going. You know, I don't want you coming up my neck. No, 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 please listening. do. Please, it would be awesome. Yeah, it I'll would do, be great. I'll do that. Well, have a good rest of the night. Thanks. And, uh, thank you, Richard. Yeah. And thanks for calling. No problem, Robin. Take awesome. care. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. God bless. You bye too. Bye. bye. All right, there you go, our conversation with Robin McCauley. And, of course, if you're out in the Vegas area, be sure to check out Raiding the Rockfall. Robin's on there, Paul Shortino, Andrew Freeman, all kinds of guys that you've heard on the show are appearing at Raiding the Rock Vault. So good stuff if you're out there, and make sure you check that out. Also, as Robin mentioned, the brand-new Shanker Fest DVD is out. 
good stuff there as well. Go out and pick yourself up a copy of that one. So really not sure what is in store for next week. Uh, could be another Kerrang! episode. Could be another uh, another guest. Could be a discussion. Who knows? Really don't have that one dialed in yet. But uh, when we know, you'll know. But for this week, as the saying goes, stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. Uh, until next week, and keep up with us at focusonmetal.net focus on metal.blogspot.com over on Facebook as well as always posting the tweets over on Twitter. And also before I forget don't forget to go and pick yourself a copy of the brand new one from Helker called Fire Soul. So I think I get it all in now so uh, for Richie, myself and everybody else here at Focus on Metal have yourselves a great metal week and until we talk to you again next week, remember Focus Metal. Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.